bless you each one. Thank you for being here. And we want to say greetings to all those that are streaming. And we know there's many more out in their homes and streaming, out in other places. And we just say, God bless you. We're so thankful to be able to do that. Uh, I'll have you take your Bibles, if you would. And I want to thank thank the musicians. We're done now. I will have you turn to uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter. And I want to start there. Uh, The service, I would like you to pay strict attention. And if you haven't got uh, a pen, maybe you could borrow one from someone and find a piece of paper. I trust you'll have one. And uh, what I'd like you to do today is, and you in the homes, you have a better opportunity to get a piece of paper and have it with you. And I would like to ask you, especially young people, if you, uh, my wife said, well, a lot of the young people make notes. Well, it isn't just to make notes, but it is to put a question down that you might have a question or you might have, uh, I might say something and then you'll catch it right away. We're going to catch it right in the first part of the reading of the scripture. And um, because even if you put down something that just speaks to you or something that you can think about uh, or something that you don't understand then uh, or, or just how it connects because I am I'm speaking about things that I have thought about for a long time, a lot of years. And uh, so now I want you to receive the most and the best out of everything that is said and done. And uh, when I saw the screen and, you know, it, it came out and I see four or five people singing, maybe sing or more, six or more singing, I thought, well, why don't they just plug me in there, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I could be done. I'd be done by the time they're all finished, and I'll be done too. Well, it just doesn't work that way. Everybody has to do their part, but I would like to be the man that could put all that together. And so, God bless our technicians for putting that together. Thank you, Brother Tom, for greeting our fathers. And I thought of a scripture, which I I think of it often. I think of it every day when I awake, and I think, I'm so glad that we can say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Those are the most priceless words that we can say, our Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
It's the greatest thing we can do. And so I'm going to be reading out of Matthew, the 11th chapter, if you'd like to turn to it. And what I would like to do today is I'm going to read a a number of quotes and I'm going to have a number of slides up. And the reason for the slides is because I want to emphasize sometimes just a word, one word. It'll change the entire concept of... of, uh, when was it that he said that? Uh, and and why is he bringing it that way? And then you'll find out that he did it with Abraham, and then he did it when he was here on earth, and then you'll find he did it in the prophet's ministry. And it's when you start seeing that, uh, it's not something to be idle about. It's not something to be casual about, saying, well, I'm trying, I think you're trying to say something to us. And that's where I'm really at. And that, I'm being honest with you. That's, that's where I, as a, as a father, as uh, someone, they say, well, you've had such a vision and, and, uh, well, all of that, but that came from someone. And he had to put it in a person's heart and had to gather others around that would be there to assist you. Otherwise, you'd never, never, ever come up with it. And uh, so you just see all, uh, all the people singing and all the people contributing. And I'm sure there's many hearts of fathers that welled up with thanks. But thanks, thanks to who? Who brought this about? Who did this? It wasn't, it wasn't our good doing. You know, that uh, sometimes we didn't even know, as fathers, we don't even know what to do. Or in the present situation, we don't know what, exactly what to do. But God still leads his dear children along. Some might be in prison, some might be in in persecution, some might be in great need, and uh, we're so thankful we have a God that remembers us. And when I speak of need, you know that in the last two, three weeks, we had our brother, our our deacon brother, Leon, Gerling, Gerling, uh they had a fire, and he lost everything, lost his tools. Well, the people of the church, as soon as it was announced, came together, and Brother Norman, Sister Louise Woods, gave craftsmen's tools and said, you know, uh, take what you need. And just, they're brand new in the cases. And just take what you need, and... You know, we'll take back whatever you don't need. And and then we, just through press pay or whatever, I have never used press pay in my life, but uh, punch pay or 
you want to be able to pray when you when you push that button when you touch it but uh, people for um, they gave over four thousand dollars in just a few days so brother Tom said would you like to give it to brother uh, Leon and I said well yeah I think probably so but uh, let's leave it till the weekend that's this weekend and by this weekend, I, I drove over to his house yesterday and gave him $8,250, which just came into the office. Nobody made any big plea or any, and uh, so he has enough to buy his, his used pickup, which he had in uh, place, and he has enough to buy some tools as well. And I said, you can just go and buy what tools you need, what tools you want. And apparently there's others here in the congregation that gave gifts of money, and he told me uh, something about that. And so uh, I just said, well, that's, that's really wonderful. You know, it's really wonderful that people of the congregation, if we all suffer, it's not just some words. It's it's something that comes from the heart. And uh, and here here... Here are people who have given, I'm looking at tools, brand new, beautiful tools, and craftsman tools, and I didn't even know they had given them. But here it's been given to the people, by the people. So we want to thank God for for that. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you are our Father, and we say uh, with our Lord Jesus, who has instructed us, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we say with full desire, Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. Whatever it is, it's not our will, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, God, take your word this morning. Give us understanding, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the 11th chapter of Matthew, I'm, I'm going to start to read at the 20th verse. And... Uh, And I'm going to emphasize the the first word. Uh, I excuse me. I have a lot of different notes here, and, and uh, so as the eleventh chapter and the twentieth verse. Then began he to upbraid the cities 
wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Uh, I want to emphasize the word then. It's not before, it's not the day before, it's not the week or two before, it is now. He is going to upbraid the cities where most of his mighty works were done. And uh, when most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not, woe unto thee, Chorazin. Chorazin, I think it is. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. Really? They would have if they had seen those works? And if we bring it forth to, to this day, I'm going to be uh, having you read with me several quotes. I'll have it on the screen. We have had one of the most outstanding when. Now you young people, you listen. I was 14 when I, I said, I have never heard, I've never seen a man that has talked to an angel. And in a few minutes he came out and he was standing like I'm standing at this platform. And you're standing where you are. I was down two, three seats from the front. And uh, I thought, I want to get as close to this as I can. Nothing's ever changed. Nothing's ever changed. If I were some of the cities and I, I saw where Brother Branham was in Phoenix and Phoenix and Phoenix and Phoenix and he was in Shreveport and in Shreveport and in Shreveport. If I were someone in those cities, I'd really be asking myself, what is my position about what he said here? Because then he began to upbraid and he began to correct. He began to speak more harshly to these places. He said, and if Sodom had seen these things, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. You mean to tell me that we've seen even things in this day? We've actually seen things, we've heard things, and it doesn't touch us. And if Sodom, Sodom and all of their evil vulgarity, if they had seen these things, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes a long time ago. And uh, the reason why I'm quite moved and exercised about this is because I think that we're going the wrong direction. I think that a lot of people who've heard the message, oh, they're in the message and they're... I don't think so. I don't think they're in the message. 
I don't think they have the message in them. Uh, there's a lot of people that I've heard. Well, oh, they, 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 they just take things so glibly. Just like I, I have it. The world owes me a living. And, and so I want us to look at it differently. And in this 11th chapter of Matthew, no, I'm just setting a bit of a, a course. But in this 11th chapter of Matthew, from the 20th verse on down through, and uh, he, he is taking the same position. And in verse 25, at that time, not the day before, but at that time, then he had just upbraided these cities, and then at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things. What was it he hid? The revealing of the Son of Man. He hid, he hid that. He hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. So it seemed good that he would hide. I want to say just before I let you sit down. I think that the message, this is what I think. I think that the message, which we call the message, is, is perhaps filled with secrets. And uh, there are some that are, you know, spending their time finding mistakes and whatever more. I think they would do a lot better if they would find the secrets and the hidden treasures that are hidden in the scripture and, and they're hidden in the Bible. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, if it's ever, ever registered in your heart, but then Jesus began to upbraid this cities. And which cities are they? And then I began to read, I can read it in the Old Testament. And three, four thousand years, I read it again. And I can see it clearly. And I say, here we are a couple thousand years down the road, and we see exactly the same thing. We have the same ministry. And, and it was Tommy Osborne that said at Brother Branham's memorial, he said, now, you won't see this again. Where, where is this God that did these things? You won't see these things again. And, how, and do we have to have a, a Pentecostal man tell the people, you won't see this again? He said, I saw it once, and I just, I just 
went. And uh, I used to give to Tommy Osborne's, Tommy Osborne's native evangelism because when I saw it, I said, you know, that makes so much sense. Send it to the native people. Send it to them. They don't have to have, they don't have to learn another language. They don't have to learn how to sleep different or being different, have different food or whatever more. Just do it. And so I thought that's the way to do it. And when I was in Toronto, yeah, just a few years ago, I would gave and Tommy Osborne came and, and then I saw Brother Branham when he talked about that and he said, that's the way to do it. And I just thought, ma, what caused me to become involved in that way back then? And then, then I can say, he leadeth me. By his own hand, he leadeth me. And and I want to say to you that are here, and to you that are streaming, you can say that, because God, the God that you surrender your life to, is going to direct your footsteps, and he'll direct your decisions in a way that will mystify you on down the road. So God bless you as you have your seats. So Michael, you might have to I just use this. All right. Hard for me to see that. Oh, I'll look at this one right here. So I have highlighted, and so that you can, then he began to upbraid. And the reason I want you to pay strict attention to that is I will be emphasizing some words. And you think this is a school class. Well, it is, and perhaps a lot more. And and I highlighted also most of his mighty works were done. That's Jesus talking. Jesus is bringing those, and look, because of those mighty works, that were done. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And thou, Capernaum, and I want to say the city of angels, I just saw on the on the internet it was actually on a computer I saw the riots because they played a documentary of the riots in uh, 
Los Angeles. And I thought, City of Angels? No, I thought it must be City of Fallen Angels. There isn't even fallen angels that act like animals. And it, it was it completely, the entire city was out of control. That's not, that's not in some other country. That's here in America. And there's 300,000, uh, 300,000 plus, 350,000 Koreans that live in an area. And they have stores and shops and markets and so on. And the people who didn't have any any connection with it at all, they tore into those places and threw things through the glass doors. And uh, they called the military in. And the military couldn't even stop it. And they burned up. And, and one woman, well, uh, my wife was sitting there, and I felt bad about it because uh, uh, the woman just cried. And a black man came out against the black people and he said, it's wrong, it's wrong, this isn't right, this isn't right. And and then uh, uh, if a minister gets up behind the pulpit and says, city of fallen angels, they, they say, well, he's cuckoo something. Well, what are these people? What are they? This isn't, we're not talking about something that's a long time ago, so I'm preaching to you on Father's Day. And I'm, I'm preaching to you something that happened in your time. This is just a few years ago, uh, a very short time ago. And, and, uh, uh, a man by the name of Rodney King, he, he was, he was brutally beaten and so on and so forth. This Rodney King himself got up before his own people and came right into the court and simply said, this isn't the way to act. This isn't the solution. Even the man that was beaten up and the people want to detail every every aspect of it. Listen, I'm talking about real things and and I'm going to come to I'm going to come to rapture because I think that's something that's on everybody's mind. The rapture. So I want you to listen to every word. And if we get a little long, we'll just stand up and refresh ourselves and, and carry on. Yeah. All right. And at that time, Jesus answered, at that time, after they had seen the great works, and these cities wherein his mighty works had been done, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank the old father that you've hid these things. You've hid heaven and earth because thou hast hid these things. What did he hide? You know the thing that he really hid? The, he hid the coming of Christ, the recognizing of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hold that word because I'm, I'm coming down to it in just a moment.
Now this is 1964 Jehovah Jireh, second part in, in Louisville. Notice after the appearing of, appearing in this name of Almighty God, it was revealed to him that he was the all-sufficient one. He had no helpers. He didn't need any, any secretaries. He was alone. God, he was God alone. And he appeared to Abraham. And now I'd like you to notice who he appeared to. He appeared to Abraham. I'm going to go back there. We're going to read in just a moment. In this name, and while he appeared to him in this name, and Abraham recognized who he was. He changed Abraham's name. Now, he's come to the fullness of believing now. See where the church has come? It's 1964. See where the church has come? I hope you can read between the lines. Come up to the place where, to where he's revealed to him who he was. Come up to the place. And friends, in this message right now that we have, we've had a ministry unlike any ministry. When have you had a preacher stand behind the pulpit and call people by their name? and tell them where they live, and tell them their house number. When have you had that? It's happened in, we're not reading history, now we're reading your time. That's happened right in our time. That's happened to people that's, that's perhaps you haven't had it, I have had it, and I'm not someone that tells untruth. I'm telling you something that has happened in your time. This is the ministry that has taken a hold of your heart. And that's the same Holy Spirit that's taken a hold of your heart. And, and because he is saying the same thing. He's desiring to reveal himself to you. And so he uses a, a vessel and and that I will I hope I hope I can speak to you plainly without having you feel that so now he's he, he, we will we'll go back to the 18th chapter of uh, of of exit of genesis the 18th chapter of Genesis. And we want to get the scene here. I hope you feel fine. Okay, I just want to get the scene. And the Lord appeared, this is starting with verse 1, Genesis 18. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, 
and he sat, and he sat in the tent door of the, in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. Oh, you know, I, I had some problem. I don't have any problem at all. I just read it and say, well, that's what happened. They, they, they stood by him. Uh, scientifically, how did it happen? I don't know. But, uh, that's, there was things that occurred while I was with Brother Branham, what happened right in this day. And there's things that happened in all kinds of these cities. And uh, you, you'll never, never, ever be able to scientifically put it. Now, how, how did he sitting in his tent door and three men are standing by him? In the heat, he's sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day and he lift up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them. Well, were they by him or were they just coming? And uh, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. I just want to say to you, when I've concluded, maybe you will say, you know, I think it's time for Brother Biscoll to be put out to pasture. But I want to jar your memory. Maybe you need to go out to pasture with me. It might, there might be a whole lot more here. I'm, I'm going to come down to a verse in just a moment. I'm just setting the stage right now. Let, let a little water, this is verse four. Let a little water I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. None of this is staggering. None of this is earth-shaking stuff. This is like the Syrophoenician woman said, uh, spoke to her husband. She said, can't we just make a little place for this man of God to rest? Uh, well, what different is that from the person you're looking at saying, uh, well, I, I, I live in the wilderness. I can take him hunting. I would like to just take him and his son maybe for a rest, but especially for this man of God. I don't know if he would even see the letter I write. And I, I take a pen and I start to write actually a pencil. I think it was. I write at a big old oak desk that I picked up someplace. And uh, I, I scratch this letter. And while I'm scratching it, I, that you look at, I scratch it. And I say, 
he'll never see, he'll never get, he probably gets a hundred thousand of these a, a month. He'll never see this. And then events happen in our lives. Earth-shaking events. Well, then we, I resign and within, I don't hear for a year and a half. And a, a short time after I, I hear, I'm over here in Victoria going to the native Indian people because I think that uh, there's something better. And so he says, let a little water be gotten you and, and rest yourself, wash your feet. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servants. And they said, so do. So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened unto the tent, unto Sarah. See, there was nothing. There was there was no church. There was no big meeting going on. This has to do with washing your feet and and just we got a little water. We'll get a little water and and he's going to rush to his wife and said quickly uh, make three measures of fine meal. Knead it. He tells her how to do it. And make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched the calf tender, good, and gave it unto a young man. And he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree. And they did eat. Oh, this is a, this is a fantastic supernatural event. He doesn't even realize what's taking place. And maybe you don't realize exactly, well, uh, we, we come here to church. Oh, do you? And, well, yeah, we, we hear different ministers get up and, and God uh, seems to anoint them and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, we've had pretty unusual, uh, a lot of churches haven't started this way, but this is, this is different. This is God's way of doing things. And there's different people that He calls in and, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. I look at, at, uh, Sister Tracy, you and Brother Murphy. I went to saw, saw a man by the name of Tony Wong just the other day. And he's going to help me with something. But when Tracy, who's sitting here, you just see them sitting here. Well, I'm just reading about a man. He just ran to his herd to get some. 
he's, he's going to tell his young fellow, now, just kill this calf. And, and uh, uh, it, nothing is... Nothing is out of the usual. It's very, very usual. Ah, I hope I'm making sense to you. Sometimes I have to really think it over. And he said, well, I think I'll just go and shoot a rabbit so we'll have some meat. Well, that makes sense to me. Well, you know, go and get a rabbit. And then you go walking down a path and, and, uh, nothing really means anything. He doesn't want to go and get a rabbit and he goes over and sits on a log. Well, of course you sit on a log because it's right there. And I saunter over and sit on the log. So we're, we're expecting something great? Not, not expecting anything great. And uh, I was studying this for two, three weeks. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, now she got involved with it. If you read the chapter before, you find Abraham's the one that laughed. And they said, you're going to have a son by Sarah, and Sarah will give you a son. And he laughed. He fell on the ground and laughed. Am I reading the same Bible you read? It's the same Bible? Well, this sounds like getting ready for a a tremendous revival meeting. No. It's just ordinary stuff. This is what we do. But yeah, it's strange because somebody's come in into my life or into my domain or into my area and and Sarah laughed and the Lord said unto Abraham wherefore did Sarah laugh see Sarah is the one that's going to bear the child it wasn't Abraham that's going to bear the child she is actually going to bear the child and wherefore did Sarah laugh saying Shall I of a surety bear a son, which am old? Is, and, and, and the answer is, from the guest, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life 
and Sarah shall have a son. I feel inclined to say to you, at the time appointed, this is, this is exactly where God hid himself. And the prophet of God said, God was in a, Christ was in Abraham. Oh, Christ was in Abraham. And Abraham is laughing at the, you know, even at the possibility that she will bear a son. And this is, and, and the one, the, the messenger, the angel said, and, uh, excuse me for, I, I don't mean to make fun, but I, I want to bring it to realization. Abraham did not say, oh, this is incredible. I've got, I wonder, I wonder if this messenger knows my name. That didn't make any difference whether he knew his name or not. He's just saying, he said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? And he says, is anything too hard for God? Now, I, I preached on that just a short time ago. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too outstanding? Is anything too supernatural for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. Well, he doesn't even know who he is. He's never Never seen him before. He's never had this kind of visitation. And now he comes right to the point. Uh, I'm sitting on a log. And he comes right to the point. I was, I was like that, Abraham. Are, are you listening? And he comes right to the point. So, you know, today I was riding along behind Bud. Well, that's not staggering. Of course he's riding along behind Bud. And he came to me there. Oh, that started to be different. And I believe you have three questions you want to ask. He didn't say you've had these for a long time. They've troubled you for a long time. He didn't say to Abraham, you've wanted this a long time and now you've gotten old and your body's dead. But way into the New Testament, 2,000 years later, Apostle Paul says, he staggered not at the promise of God. Of God? Was it God making the promise? Now has this gone more, more of a 
service, more of a service. This is God meeting people. This is God meeting an individual. This is God digging out the very ache of his entire heart. This is his entire being. He even has prayed. All I have is this Eliezer. Who will you give me as a as a servant? Who who will I leave things to? Who will I leave my estate to? This is what he was concerned about. And now he comes right to the point. And he says, I will return to you. According to the time of life. And I want to just say to you, that very one that was unveiling the secret of his heart was unveiling the secret of my heart. He was in his tent door. He was in his element. He was in his desert place. He was in his tent door in the heat of the day. I was in none of that. I was up in the place I grew up in. But uh, but somehow there was a similarity of events happening. And, and Abraham was doing just what he could do. He was doing what he could do. I was doing what I could do. You're doing what you can do. And Brother Ken is doing what he can do. He can teach a class. I can't teach the class. Uh, Brother Kim Dingwall is doing what he can do. And uh, you are doing what you can do. And Brother Michael, uh, you can you can put these things together. And and I don't even know if you know where where the wisdom come from. And you brothers, brother Andrew on a camera, or the brothers, the musicians that play, brother Philip and and Aaron and so on. You play the instrument. Maybe you're doing something that you can do, and someone else is perhaps doing nothing physically, but you're doing what you can do simply by listening and hearing, and questioning, and saying, yeah, who is this? Who is this? Who's actually, who is this troubling my sleep at night? Who is this that's talking to me? Who is this that's given me this desire? Who has led me to this place? And what is it? Because I'm barely scratched the surface of this message. He is wanting to make himself known to you, to reveal himself to you. And so he brought you to what we call a message, but he brought you to a place and you begin to hear things and you begin to read a rapture message, which I will talk about in a few moments. Are you getting tired? No. For sure. Now, I thought 
uh, a few, about a week ago or so, I began to think about the two worlds, the events. And here's, here's Sarah and here's Abraham. And these three have come and they're going to go on down to Sodom. And Jesus is going to come some centuries later. He is the one. He, he is the, he's the promised seed. And, and the thing that's on this angel's mind is he's going to reveal himself to this Abraham, this uh, chosen one. He's been elected. He's been called. He's, you're going to have a son. And that son was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was the promised son. He didn't come through an older woman or an older man. He came through a virgin birth. But always there was some, some things attached to it that was funny, strange. Virgin birth that you've never known a man and, and, uh, you believe that? Well, that's crazy for people to believe that. Well, we believe that he was virgin born. He was the virgin born. You believe that he lived and he died on the cross? Well, all kinds of people died. Another man was dying with him and he said uh, to the other man that was they were partners in crime. And he says, we suffer justly for our sin. We've done things. We've been bad people. But this man hasn't done anything. What's happening? Something's happening. And he, he, he's on the right side of the Lord. And he looks over and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this man, who never done anything but is gasping for breath, the same as he is, and Jesus says, he's just a different man, but this man, he says, now he says to him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today, You'll be with me in paradise. Did that actually happen? Why didn't he tell him, we'll get out of here. I'm going to get you out. That's what a lot of people would like to hear today. I'll get you out of this mess. I'll get you out of, I'll fix everything up. No, he didn't promise anything. He didn't say he'll fix things up. He just said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And... And, uh, and two, three days later, he emptied paradise and took him out. But he never said anything about that. But do we actually believe that? That's what happened. 
I want to take it down to slide two. what I said about Abraham three things now this is the now this is the rapture message which we read three things happens a shout a voice a trumpet has to happen before Jesus appears. Jesus does all three of them when he's descending. Figure that one out. A shout? What is a shout? What is the shout? It's the message going forth. First, the living bread of life bringing forth the bride. So it's got to bring forth the living bread of life has to bring forth. Now, just hold that a moment. You know, God knows how to hide. Some of you kids, you play hide and seek. Well, there's a lot of people seeking. But God knows how to hide. And he hid in the frail humanity. And he said to Abraham, he's hiding. He's going to eat flesh of a calf and drink milk and eat butter. And he's going to not do anything surprising, but he's going to, says, I will return unto you. And what I'm saying to you, I want to say to this, all the streaming congregation, and all who ever will hear this, this God is not going to come in the clouds as people have thought. He's not going to be depending on uh, the music or the technology, or all the things that go to make up our worship. He could come in the most unspectacular way. He could come in the most, uh, well, unspectacular is a good word. He comes so ordinary. People just wonder. I looked up a, a, a man's obituary and that man stood beside me. He stood right beside me on this side. When I was with Brother Branham in our hometown where my wife was born, that doesn't make it spectacular, but I'm happy for that in Dawson Creek. And we have a meeting 
And you know why we have a meeting? Well, I heard this man that, you know, he said that the angel of the Lord, and I wondered if the angel of the Lord, and Michael, this will mean something more to you now. I was waiting for the angel of the Lord. And then uh, the people are singing. A few people, a few more than are here. I love him. I love him. And he says, Brother Brown says, Do you love him? So sweetly, so nice. Because he first loved me. And he cries out, You'll not commit suicide, soldier boy. I thought, Where does that come from? That's the devil talking to you. You'll go home and be a real man. I had experienced those things. What do you do with it? What am I supposed to do with that? I say, if he ever lived, he still lives. If he ever did that, he can do it the same way. If he ever spoke, he can speak to the people. He can speak to anyone. If he can speak to me, he can speak to anyone. He can say the same thing. He knows exactly what's the deep hunger of your heart. He knows that. He knows what it is in a lad. He knows what it is in an old man that's wanting to have a child. He understands all of those things. He knows the people who want to go to heaven. He understands that. And you've lived for it. You've lived for it. Oh, I just desire that I'll experience the change of this body. God knows that. He knows exactly what you have gone through. Oh, so my friends deny it. And doesn't make any difference. The persecution that's associated with it makes no difference at all. Does he know it? He absolutely knows it. It was back there in Abraham's day. There he was in Jesus' day. Exactly the same thing. And I will return unto you. Who? And he said, so he said in this, he appeared to Abraham in this name. And while he appeared to him in his name, and Abraham recognized who he was. That's the key. The hearer recognized who he was that was speaking. And I knew that a man that had just got off a horse, I knew that a man that was going to shoot a rabbit if we saw one for meat for a camp, I knew that it was more than that. More than that. 
It was the same one that talked to Abraham. It was the same one that was on earth. This was God. He had to know what was the deep thing of of my heart. Excuse me for being that personal. But he knew. And it says that Abraham recognized who he was. And if there's, if there's anything between time, is there, uh, is there a difference of time? Oh, that was in that time element. This is in this time element. He changed Abraham's name. Now he's come to the fullness of believing. Now, I trust that I have come to the fullness of believing. See where the church has come. I hope you can read between the lines. And I say to this church, I say to those that listen and are streaming the meeting, you're looking for something more than church. You're looking for something more than just good song leading. We have some of the best as far as I'm concerned. I just, but I, I listen to the songs and the song leading and the preaching of the word because I want this one who is eternal, has no beginning and no end. I want this one who has guided, guided me, who has spoken. And he says, I hope you can read between the lines. I want to say to this people here, yes, I do read between the lines. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's God. And you say, well, why sometimes? Because sometimes it doesn't look like God. Sometimes it doesn't act like God. Sometimes it doesn't just fit your, uh, what did I say? It, it doesn't fit how you have things figured out. But still on down the road, you'll find out, hey, that was, that was a supernatural thing. That, that was God. That was beyond human, humanity. But every time, now, I'm going to mention some things that may be a little bit hard. Come up to the place to where he's revealed to him who he was. And when he changed Abram's name so that the promise could be fulfilled, so that the promise, there's some things you're waiting for. Oh, I just long for a rapture. I just long. Some people talk about a rapture like an escape. It's an escape button. We're going to get out of here. And we're not, and the rapture's not an escape. The rapture's going to happen when he has 
fulfilled everything. And one of the great things is he's wanting to reveal himself. That's number one. And number two is this is his secret. He wants to reveal who he is. And he wants, number two, a group of people to recognize who it is that's talking. We just say, Sister Tracy, and you children of the Wong family, and your dad's up there. You don't know what goes on in my heart. But I know God, this God, this God that spoke even to myself, this God, he's not limited to places or people or anything. This God in simplicity, he He's the one who directs something. He says, you know, this God, he went to India. This God went to Africa. This God, he dealt with a boy on the Alaskan highway. This God, he's got time for that. And this God thought about China. This God thought about all of these people. And as this God, I talked to him. I said, I, I don't have any of the Oriental people in my church. It must be, and just before, you don't know this, Sister Tracy. But just before you and Murphy arrived, I was ready to leave because I said, surely this God is not going to leave all of these people without a, without a, a, without an answer. Their cry there must be, there must be a cry. This God hears that. And here you come. You come just to be baptized. And I don't even know it, but apparently you're going beyond from here. You just dropped in here to be baptized. And you run into some people or somebody. And he says, I think there's a man there that'll baptize you. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then the next thing I know is there's translations happening and, and, um, people that you, you have no way of knowing. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's being translated and it's going to China. There's people there that they want to listen. There, there is. Well, I don't know anything. You might as well write that in the Bible because you cannot understand it. And what I'm trying to say to you, and I will say to you, this God understands every detail. And this is his work. It's not a man's work. It's not a group of people's work. This is his work. This message is his message. 
He is the one that has supported it. And we don't have to make it work. It will work by itself. Do you believe that? I do. Amen. Now, God has a way of doing things, and he never changes his policy. He never changes his, looks like he's going to say policy or gain or program. He's the unchanging God. In Amos 3 and 7, he said he would do nothing in the earth until he first revealed it to his servants, the prophets. And just as certain as he promised it, He'll do it. He has done it. Do you believe that? Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret. And I have it underlined. And you can underline that. He has a secret. He will reveal his secret Unto his servants, the prophets. So he's seeking to reveal his secret. God has a secret. And he knows how to hide. He hid in the frail humanity of Abraham. He healed, he he, he hid in the frail humanity of Sarah. He hid in the frail humanity of two people that laughed that they would receive a promised seed. He hid in the frail humanity of David who saw a naked woman bathing And he desired to have a child of her. And the child died. It was not born correct. You say, and God's going to use David? Furthermore, this God who you declare you serve, he's the one that said, I'll raise up a kingdom to you. And that kingdom will never end. It'll never cease. You're listening close. And his secret is he hid himself so in the frailty of a man, even David, And David prospered. And he was hidden in that. He wouldn't use him to even build his temple. He thought, I'll build his temple. And God said, no, you'll not build it. You've shed too much blood. Your son will build it. Solomon will build it. Who can figure this kind of God out? 
Who can figure him out? I haven't figured him out. And here we sit, we have all the answers, so we know exactly how the rapture is going to take place. And Brother Bram says in the, in the rapture message, he said, rapture is not even in the Bible. It's not the truth that's not in the Bible, but the word that, he said that's a word we just put in there. He says that what the Bible says is caught up. We are caught up. And we, we might be caught up in a, in a certain sphere of excitement. Is this rapture? Maybe it's not. I don't think it is. But we're, we're caught up. And I can tell you what you're caught up with. You're caught up. The fact that you've heard a voice, you've heard from some place that is not earthly. You've heard from some place that nothing changes it. People leave or people say, I don't believe it anymore. And they feel sorry for them. Really feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for people that have not met. I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing. There will come a time. There is a time. If you've never arrived to it, there comes a time in everybody's life There comes a time when you need to know that everything is fine. Everything is all right. Yes. There's a, there's a, a, a great place that equalizes everybody's position. In the rapture message, Brother Branham said, now this is it's significant to me, and I just reached down to you, especially you young people. I reached down to you. You know what it is to study. Now I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you. Now we've come through the church ages. But we're promised in the last days, according to Malachi 4. You know that this friend of yours, and I consider myself your friend, I sat on the side of a hill. I sat on the side of a mountain. Not far from where you were, Joanne. 
but I sat on the side of a mountain. And this prophet, and I, I at the time, I don't even know whether he's a prophet. I don't know. I haven't determined a lot of things. But everything I've heard coming out of his mouth is true, 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 true. It's absolutely true. Oh, I know that woman. I know this man. And I was telling you, I looked at, at an obituary. I just looked at the obituary because that man stood right beside me when Brother Branham is talking to a woman and he says he says over his shoulder like that the boy will be alright and this man something goes by me something strikes me I'm, 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 I'm hoping my words strike your heart. Something strikes me. And this man collapses. And he's bent over. And I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. All I know is what I, I know he's talking to somebody. I know that a, something goes past me. I know that I'm in bewildered. I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I know this man has collapsed and I know he's weeping. He's uncontrollably weeping. And I, I you know, what do you do when you're a person that you're always in command of things? Do I lay my hand on him? Do I comfort him? Do I put my arm around him? What do I do? This is, this is a totally a mystery. You're not beyond that. I'm talking to you. You're not beyond that. What, what do you do? I'm mystified. And he stands up and nudges me. While the meeting is still going on while the prayer line is still going on. And he nudges me and he says, Brother Eddie, you see that boy down there? A boy, about 14. He said, do you see him down to the end of the line? About two, three people from the line. I'm reading his obituary just before I come to the service. I'm reading his obituary a man who lived, a man who taught uh, people in Seattle, and a man who traveled all over the world. Did he tell anybody that? Who talked to him? Who says, the boy will be all right? That's my son. He's up for an operation this week. And I don't know if that son was all right or not. I don't know. But I know that that was God that spoke to him. That was God that caused him 
to collapse. And no one can ever convince me that that was not God that talked with him. I will return unto thee. That God was returning to him. That God. Now he said, we've come through the church ages and we're promised in the last days, according to Malachi 4, that there would be a return again, a prophet in the land. That's right. Notice his nature, what he would be, what he would be like. He's always... In the message, Queen of Sheba, he said, I come. And when he did, when he did come, the people did not recognize him. Pray, oh God, may we recognize you. They did not recognize him. He comes just exactly the way the scripture said that he would come. He come and he was the Jewish Messiah. And not only Jewish Messiah, he was the promised seed of Abraham. So here's a man standing on earth. Here's a man that you listen to. Here's a man, you hear the tapes. You hear his voice. But I say it's different than any other man. It's completely different. And I'd be something less than a man if I didn't say to you, I'm a man, and I will tell you, he has spoken. And I knew it was something more than a man in blue blue jeans. I knew it was something more than a man driving just a station wagon. So you say, well, who was it? You answer it. Who is this that called you? Who is this that's doing these things? Oh, by accident? No, I don't think so. I think that For sure, for certain, you are you're desiring, you're waiting for, you're living for. A rapture, a change. What's that going to be like? I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to be like. But I just want to emphasize something at this moment. And that is the timelessness of God. You have the ability to look back. You have the ability to look forward. 
this God that I'm speaking to you about this morning. He's not dependent upon those things. Or something has happened. Everything is in the present tense. Now, I'm just going to tell you why I can't explain it. It's because it's unexplainable. Brother Branham couldn't explain it. And that is why somehow we're mystified by it. But in in the message of Queen of Sheba, the Queen of the South, he said, you don't understand. It's just not, there's no need of trying to explain it. It's in another world. And this is what I was coming to some moments ago. That world is right beside you. And it's important to recognize that, Brother Nathan. The world that Brother Brandon was in. This one that was speaking to, uh, speaking to Abraham and is speaking to you. He says, I will surely return unto you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and Sarah, she believed. There was something, if you were to ask her at that moment, do you believe? Well, I'm trying. I'm, I, yeah, I guess I do believe. I, I certainly don't doubt it. Do you believe this message? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. Deep down in my heart, do you believe this message? Well, there's nothing else. There is nothing else that's real. I believe it. All right. The Bible says, by faith, Sarah received strength to conceive. And she brought forth the promised seed. That was it. That's all there is to it. She brought forth the promised seed. And now, three, four thousand years later, we have a man, uh, a hunter. He's just as common as an old boot. Brother Branham. And he says, he says there's no use of trying to explain it. It's another world. It's something that God knows what was, what is, and what will be. Don't you believe that? This God knows what was, 
what is and what will be. We don't know what he's going to tell us. You have had this question. You are sitting here and you have at the present moment you have that question you wonder what will it be what will it be when we get over yonder I don't know what will it be has he has he in the past has he dealt with you in a way that you know no he has been very unusual uh, unpredictable in a way that I can't predict it But when it happens, is it real? Or is it ever real? Do I ever know it's real? When it happens, is it him? Oh yes, it is him. Yes, it is. I don't doubt it at all. Well, what will it be like? I don't know. I don't know. Does it make any sense to you? I hope that it does. In another message, be not afraid. Now this is your messenger. He's saying, it's another world. And you see people when they were little bitty children. Can you imagine seeing you? And he sees you as little bitty children. Or something. And you have to talk fast. Because you know you're standing here. Now figure that one out. You're standing here. But yet you're somewhere else. And you're talking to little bitty children. And you're standing here talking maybe to an old person. But yet you're somewhere else. Way back somewhere else. Talking. And and I, I feel, I feel really a warning. Whatever you do, do not say, Oh, that's fine. That was Brother Branham. No. That would be a big mistake if you do that. He was, he was just talking maybe to someone in his, and the fact that he's gone, God has sent this to this generation. The fact that he's gone, uh, uh, way back and he sees little children. He's talking to a lady and I'm listening to her. Here, I'm listening to her here in this life. And he says, he says, can I tell it? He's asking her, can he tell it? Because he sees her as eight years old, falling down a well. Because you know you're standing here and you're somewhere else way back somewhere else, talking. And when you come out of it, 
you don't know what you said till you listen to it on the tape. And it isn't human. It isn't a person. That's all. It's God. It's always right. And he promised that. And he just said, he stopped, said, perceiving their thoughts. Now you say, well, why am I so baffled? Because I'm baffled. Because the man who sang it is baffled. He can't explain it. And we can't understand it, even if he could explain it. It's impossible to explain. You young people, you're going to figure everything out. You'll never figure this one out. You might have graduated, or which we've just had a graduation time. You might have graduated. You might have gone on from there. You might be an intellectual person. Forget it. You won't figure this one out. You might be, you might have an IQ that's way beyond anyone else around. But you won't figure this one out. This one cannot figure out this one that came in the heat of the day and ate milk and butter and so on, sat under a tree and another man is there. It's God. God just chose to do that. God just chose this man. What if he chose you and said, you know, uh, you're going to be an elect one. And I'm going to send, I'm going to send a word to you and you know what? You're going to believe it. You're going to believe something you can't figure out. You're going to believe it. I am. You don't even know that you're going to believe it. You're not going to doubt it. Because I'm giving it to you. I'm doing that. It has nothing to do with you. When you say, I'm going to believe that. Believest thou this? Well, I'm going to believe it. You don't have the power to believe it. You're going to believe something that can't be figured out. You're going to believe something that can't be explained. You're just, I I don't know why I believe it. You just believe it. That's one of the hardest things. To someone who's always been in control. And you think, I'll fix it. You fix it. You won't fix it. So what do you do? You just say, well, I guess I'll just believe (laughs) I guess I'll just have faith. It isn't human. It isn't a person. That's all. It's God. How can he explain a being that never started and never ends and always is? How do you explain that? That's all. It's God. It's always right. And he promised that. Perceiving their thoughts. 
The scripture says this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna test what, what, uh, if you believe this. The angels of God are encamped about those that fear Him. So in another world where the five senses do not declare, oh, I feel it. No, that's exactly where people got off and went haywire. Well, I want to see something. You might see flashing lights, and the next time you might not see it. You might see a dark cloud. People look at, uh, they look at the picture of him in the cloud and the thing that he did and so on and so forth. But can we just believe that we are to believe things that we can't see? We are to believe things that we can't figure out and it's just going to happen anyway. It's going to happen. I stood right here. I stood right here where this guitar is and just shooting through my mind came exactly what I should be asking for. And so I asked for it. I said, that's what it'll be. And a man who's an unbeliever told another man who's paying him over a quarter of a million dollars. This man's from another country. And he stands here. I stand here. And this this one I'm speaking about, this is God. He just flashes something through your mind. And you know it's him. And so you just move out on it and say, well, I guess that's it. And, and, and so I, I, I tell this man who's never been in this church, he doesn't confess this Christ at all. But I said, well, I was standing on the platform and this is what he said. And this man, he's been retained by another gentleman to, to work for him. And he says, well, uh, maybe he'll, he'll do something different. Speaking of me. He said, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he'll do anything different. He said, and, and so that's it. And friends, so you say, so what happened? Well, exactly what he said is what happened. Isn't it supposed to be that way? I have I have been very, very I'm going to close now. But I've been very, very uh, affected by the been affected by 
the eternal aspect of God. You're just, you're different. I've been affected by, it makes no difference. I've been affected by the people that God has used in the scripture. I'm affected by, you read Matthew 1. You figure out Matthew. Matthew, the first chapter. You figure it out for me. You just figure out who were the lineage of Jesus. You figure that one out for me. When you've got it figured out, and you got you understand the mind of God, this is why He chose them. Then, then that'll really help me out. I find God using people, and I'm finding in the Bible good people, good people. And now I'm going to shock you. I talked to, I was reading just where Brother Bram talked to a man. And he said, I talked to him. And he said, he's, he's really nice. And this is something that I've struggled with. He said he's a, a nice man. Uh, he said he's, Mohammedan. Well, I don't have any fellowship with Mohammedan. But here he's, this man that I call a prophet, he's, he's with this man. He's a nice man. And the Mohammedan says to him, but I'm not a, I'm not a Mohammedan in, you know, I, I'm a Catholic. And he didn't, he didn't degrade him one iota that he said he's a Catholic. He said, but, but he said, you know, I, it is explaining to Brother Branham. He said, but being Catholic, Catholicism is just like it became a creed. Yeah. And Brother Branham agreed with him. He says, well, it, that's what it is. It's a, it's a creed. And Brother Brown never tried to persuade him to believe on him. Never tried to bring him into the message. Such and so I begin to question. What about all this? And one one says, "Well, I believe this, and I believe that, and I believe something else, and and uh, I believe." I believe the message a certain way and I believe the message a certain way. I begin to wonder, is there really value in that? Is that what we're supposed to do? Uh, or are we just supposed to say, well, we believe the word. We believe what God has sent. How was it when Abraham got up and walked out of this tent, 
in the heat of the day. This God that had just spoken to him. And the man just left and he, he went. He said, I'll take you on your way. So they looked towards Sodom. And there's that vile place and all the stuff that goes on. And, and now here's a man that's just talked with God. Here's a man that just talked with God. Surely there must be eons apart. One's just talked with God. And here's people that are on their way to Sodom. And it certainly doesn't occur to them 2,000 years from now. 2,000 years from then. This same God is going to be right on earth. And the seed that they promised, the seed of the woman, will be right there. And he's seeking to reveal himself and make himself known. And here's the seed that came by a virgin birth. And just having all the trouble in the world. Causing the people to believe. Do do they believe? Do they really believe? Or is it just to build a... I, I, I read a book by Max Diamond. And it's called The Indestructible Jews. But it says this. He says... He might be the Son of Man. He might be Jesus Christ. He might be the Messiah. But one thing for sure, he's not a Christian. And I thought, that is really, and they were first called Christians in uh, and then they begin to set things up. And I don't know what happened after that. But the, uh, that really struck me when he said, he might have been the son of man. He might have been the son of God. He might have been the Messiah. And, and this man's a Jew. I, I don't know what his position is with God. But one thing he said for certain, he's not a Christian. In other words, he's not going throughout the land trying to make people Christians. He's not trying to get them to, to, uh, uh, to believe a certain belief. He's not trying to get people baptized. They came to John to, to be baptized. So he, they're not trying to get people persuaded a certain way or get their minds a certain... Listen, one thing that we do not want to do. We do not want to get the people in expectation of a certain thing 
it's going to happen a certain way, and so on and so forth. We don't know. It's better that we say, the will of the Lord be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, Father, I'm just here. I'm just here to do your will. Can we say that? Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I think often of the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But if not, not my will, but thine be done. May these people, O God, that are listening, may these people who have read these scriptures, may these people, O God, who have heard this testimony also believe, Father, we believe with all of our hearts, thy will be done. It shall be done. You have said that the dead in Christ shall rise. We do not how, we do not know when, we do not know how, but we know for certain what you have said is the truth, absolutely the truth. We believe that you were born. We believe that you lived. We believe, oh God, that you did exactly the things that are written concerning you. And we believe that you died and you rose again. We believe it, oh God. We believe it with all our hearts. Father, and one thing that we are convinced of, when your messenger came and he spoke on believing your word and sang the song, the chorus, only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Oh God, we make confession of that. But yet, Father, we pray that our faith will be unshakable by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah received strength and she conceived the eternal Son of God. We pray, O oh God, that, that this will be a reality to the people that have attended this service this morning and to those that are streaming the meeting. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we sing. I want to sing, only believe, only believe.
let us sing it. Jesus is here. It's this Christ who I've spoken about. This Christ who is in Genesis. This Christ who is in Matthew. This Christ is present even at this moment, at this time. And there is not a person but what we are in need. And we say, oh God, you're the God that knows every single need. You know my need. You know where I'm at. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will do, come amongst us and do what we have need of. Jesus is here. again that line all things are possible Jesus is here and on behalf of our brother Ron Spencer we say all things are possible Jesus is here Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We bless your name. Amen. You want to just pray? down just a tad God gave us a Father's Day present this morning first John said I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning it's a kind of message that there's more to it than what we've thought about There's more to reach into the realms of God than we think about. And it's a challenging message. It's a a message from God himself. And not only does John say it once, he then says it twice. He said, I write unto you fathers because you have known him from the beginning. And I believe our heavenly father has spoken to us this morning through our spiritual father that has known him. And moving a church forward to say deeper in that holy life till I'm lost with Christ 
in God. It's not a surface message. It's not what you've conceived what this message is about. There's more to it than what you have have maybe even thought or, or pondered. But now we just want to say, after we've heard this kind of a message, Lord, I want to go into those deeper places that you've led our pastor, that you're leading our pastor. And Brother Bram said, what your pastor is, the sheep will be. Then I say, Lord, help us, move us from our carnality into that spiritual depth that this message holds. Let's just sing that deeper in that holy life. And we'll close. Honey, do you know? In that holy life Until I'm lost with Christ in God Hidden with my blessed Lord Let this be your prayer now while I walk this earthly song, let's sing it again. Oh, deeper in that holy light, till I'm lost with Christ in God. Let's bow our heads. Father, what a word. Hidden. Came a time when that which was hidden needed to be revealed. Your prophet turned around and said, God hid himself in a blade of grass. And you've hid it from the wise and the foolish, but you revealed it to babes that would learn. Lord, Reveal your word to us as we heard this morning. May we not miss in the simplicity of how you're unveiling it, Lord, and it passes by. We heard a message, Lord, that's caused the inner man to sink deeper. Desire to see you more and to move into realms we have not known. So as the pastor was just closing, sometimes we'll preach and we give a concept, but maybe that's not even the right concept. So help us be sensitive to catch the very thought of the concepts of God and move us, Lord, as you've moved a man of God this morning into a realm, Lord Jesus, that our soul longs for. And thus we sing this song deeper in that holy life. Let's not get, Lord, help us not get caught up in just the frivolity of life and the simplicity of just nothingness. But let us get caught up in that simplicity of God and show us who you are, Lord. 
bless our dear pastor, a man of God we have loved throughout the years and decades. Lord, guide us into channels and lead him as you would lead us. We want this kind of walk, Lord. It's not just something glibly spoken. It's something from our souls we cry out. So bless your children this day, Lord, as we ponder these deeper thoughts and move us into deeper depths. Bless the families today that attend this little assembly and around the world that have joined in. Bless us, Lord, and let the presence of God that's here now bathe us, guide us, and lead us. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Won't let's sing a little little song. Won't you then walk with me, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone as we walk through the days that lay ahead. Won't you walk with Jesus? Don't ever me alone. Without you, I could never. No, never make my home. One more time as we get ready to leave. Oh, won't me walk with you, Jesus? Leave me alone. Without assembly just as we have been told that we have to stay within the boundaries no shaking of hands just go to your car and look at one another and say God bless you God bless you nice to have had you here and the assembly that have joined in God bless you have a blessed afternoon you're dismissed in Jesus name
Thank、you